I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and I am home again. Welcome to episode 90, in which I'm home. I'm feeling very creative with titles today, and I'm recording this on Sunday, May 6, 2012. It's about 9 o'clock in the morning. I've got about an hour to spare here to try to get an episode out before I have to pack and leave town again. Um, I uh, got home from my vacation on Wednesday afternoon, took a couple of days to kind of catch up with myself. I did try to post an episode on Friday. Friday, but had some sort of weird technological glitch with my either my microphone or computer. I'm not really sure which. I've switched. I'm using my old microphone now and hoping that solves the problem. It was just when I listened back to it when I was editing, it was clicking and skipping words. It was really weird. Could not figure out what was going on, so I just bagged the whole episode and I'm trying again. So hopefully this one will work. This will be a short episode. I'm just mostly catching up with giveaways and some listener comments that came in while I was gone. I will talk very briefly about my vacation, but won't spend a lot of time on that. First thing I want to say is thank you so much to everybody who played along with the two-year podcast anniversary giveaways, especially since you were playing along while I was gone. But I did really have fun reading your comments. I was able to get online just a few times while I was away, and I was um, able to read through what people were sending on both of those weeks of giveaways. I really appreciate especially all of the well wishes for my podcasting future. I really do enjoy doing this, and for the time being, I expect to be doing it for some time to come. We all know life can get in the way but right now that's my plan. So thanks again to everybody for um, joining in and helping me celebrate my two-year podcast anniversary. I do want to announce the winners of the Fat Quarter Gift Shop, I'm sorry, Fat Quarter Shop Gift Certificates. Those two $50 gift certificates are Jenny D and Lana K. Lana or Lana. I happen to know another Lana in my life, so that's how I tend to pronounce it. So if you pronounce it the other way, let me know. So congratulations to both of you. And the winner of the gift certificate to the American Quilter Society is Sue S, aka Reader0129. I have already emailed all three of you. I have heard back from one of you, I think, so far, maybe two, uh, but make sure you check your email. If you're listening to this before you've checked your email, I do give you permission to hit the pause button, run to your computer, or whatever you use to check your email, quick like a bunny, and look for an email from me. Congratulations again to you, and thank you so much to Orophil and to Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring giveaways this year. Really appreciate it. Had a lot of fun doing that. It'll probably be a few weeks before I do a giveaway again. I just need to give myself some organizational time to get all my ducks back in a row, especially since tomorrow I do start back to work. If you are just coming on board to this podcast, this episode, uh, I've been on sabbatical for the last three months for 12 weeks, and believe it or not, that 12 weeks is now over. Boy, that's time really does fly. So I am leaving today to drive down to Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, which is where our um, denominational headquarters are for staff meetings tomorrow to officially start back. So while I am technically still on sabbatical today, I am driving for work purposes. So it's kind of one of those, you know, transition half and half days. 
Plus, I did actually spend some time this morning going through my work email. I'd been keeping up with it somewhat while I was gone, mostly cleaning out all the junk email and that kind of stuff so that my email box wouldn't get too full. Uh, but I did go through and respond to just a small handful of emails this morning that I'd kind of put on the back burner. Uh, I have to do more of that tomorrow. I'm trying not to do too much before I'm officially back to work tomorrow, but um, there were just some things I needed to deal with. So I am sort of half back to work, half not. <laughs> In fact, I was joking with my husband this morning when I got up, um, which I've been doing insanely early because I'm still on this, you know, six hour time difference between where I was on vacation and where I am now. But uh, I said I've been having the first couple of days we got home from our vacation, I was having cruise dreams. I kept having all these dreams involving these people that had been on the cruise with us and, you know, the cruise locations, all that kind of thing. And that now, the last couple of nights, it's been a weird meld of, cru- of cruise and work. So, like, I'm on cruise with people from work or I'm trying to do work on the cruise. So it's kind of clearly my mind is starting to make that transition from uh, sabbatical back to work. So I'm not worried about going back to work. I really do enjoy my job. I feel ready to do that. But I will miss having the freedom of time that I did to do as much volunteer work as I was doing mostly. That's the thing I'm really going to miss. I'm still going to be trying to keep up a little bit of it when I go back to work, but it won't nearly be, obviously, the level I've been able to do before. And, uh, you know, honestly, the, the quilting, I did not get as much quilt. Well, I don't want to say I didn't get as much quilting done. I didn't get as many projects done as I had thought I might going into sabbatical, but that's because my whole attitude changed, which I've talked about on this podcast before, so I won't spend a lot of time on it now. But I'm clearly in much more of a process than a product phase right now, where I'm much more concerned about, or not concerned, but I'm much more in a a mood to let quilts develop rather than be focused on trying to get things done. So I'm not going to be getting as much done (laughs) in the future, um, at least for the next little while while I'm still in this mood, in this idiom, as it were. Um, Although I do still have a few projects I just want to get done off my shelves because they mock me as I walk by. (laughs) So I need to get those done. Uh, But otherwise, I really only, I spent my entire uh, sabbatical really kind of working on one project, which is as of yet unfinished. Although that is not completely, I mean, it wouldn't have been finished at this point, but it would have been further along because I mentioned to you all that I was going to be dropping my sewing machines off to be cleaned while I was gone. And uh, the person at the uh, repair shop had promised me that they would be done by the time I got home. We talked at great length about it. He wrote it down. That was the day he promised me. I actually gave him a couple of extra days and went on uh, Saturday morning, yesterday morning to go pick him up. And he hadn't even gotten to them yet. Now, this is the first time I've used this person. I am really not inclined to use him again. I mean, he's a real nice guy, but, you know, you had my machines for two and a half weeks. Why have you not even touched them yet? It wasn't even like he got in there and there was an issue. He hadn't even looked at them, clearly. So now he's promised me they will be back to me by the time I get home from my out-of-town trip um, on Tuesday. But then I have very limited time to get over there to pick them up before the next weekend. So I was pretty put out. <laughs> I did not give them a hard time. I probably should have. But I have a, a vaguely niggling recollection in the back of my head that somebody in my guild had said they didn't really like this guy. It was the first time I've ever used him. Uh, because I used to always take my machines down to my local quilt shop. And they would send them out and have them back. And it was very reliable. I don't know who they had actually doing their repairs, um, but that shop is now closed. So this is the first time I've taken them somewhere else. I've heard um, 
a lot of recommendations for another place that I will probably go next time. Unfortunately, it's a little further away and it's kind of a pain to get to and I'm not sure I really want to try to find parking, all that kind of stuff. I'll have to check it out. But, you know, I also would much prefer to have my machines back when I expect them to get back. So that means that the things I'd hoped to get done this weekend before I went out of town again, just I can't do. So um, that's all a long way around to say I still don't have my sewing machines and that's a sad thing. Okay, so that's kind of the update as it is on my sewing life. My vacation was a lot of fun. It was probably the most relaxing vacation we have ever been on. Again, to recap, we spent, uh, we started out with three to four days in Budapest, Hungary, and then we left from Budapest on a river cruise on the Danube through Austria to Passau, Germany, which is right on the border of Austria and Germany. Uh, we disembarked in Passau and then took a bus up to Prague, Czech Republic, and stayed for three days in Prague. And both uh, ends, the four days in Budapest and the three days in Prague, were both also organized through the same company that did the river cruise. We did our own research. We looked into making all of our own arrangements and decided we weren't going to save a whole lot of money over the package that they put together. And heck, why not let them deal with the details? (laughs) We went ahead and did their whole package. And they also did our flight arrangements for us because, again, we had done our research. They got a better price than we could have on our own. So we had them make our flight arrangements for us, too. all of which was really nice because it meant we got met at the airport, somebody else handled our luggage all the way through, we didn't have to worry our pretty little heads about a thing, which was very nice. We got into Budapest a day earlier than we were supposed to because they had actually messed up our flight arrangements and accidentally made them for a day before they were supposed to. So maybe three or four weeks before our vacation was supposed to start, we got a call from, we were working through a AAA travel agent as our connection, AAA being the American Automobile Association, for those of you who are not from the U.S., and uh, she was wonderful, and she had actually just been on this cruise herself a few months before, so she was able to uh, give us all the details about what to expect, which was really useful, uh, but she had called me and said, um, we've got a little bit of a problem. They made the flight arrangements the day before. They're willing to pay for the extra night in the hotel because it is their mistake. Would you be able to leave a day early? Is that okay with you? I was like, yeah, twist my arm. Now I did have to call my husband and make sure he could leave a day early since he was obviously still working. um, And he was able to. So we got into Budapest the day before everybody else that was joining, you know, part of this pre-excursion was there which actually was really useful for two reasons. The first reason being you're fried when you get there, completely fried. It was about, I think we figured it was about a 14 or 15 hour trip altogether. And we had um, the the flight, the long flight overseas overnight uh, was not turbulent or anything. It was a very smooth flight, but it was crowded and cramped and we didn't sleep a wink, you know. So we get into Budapest at, I think it was around 10.30 in the morning, their time which felt like the wee hours of the morning for us because we were six hours behind at that point. And, uh, you know, we haven't slept a wink since we got on the plane, you know, the 15 hours before. So we were completely fried. But we don't, when we do that, when we travel like that, we don't let ourselves sleep. Now, I probably could have gone for about an hour nap, (laughs) but neither of us is good nappers. Um, We tend to wake up feeling even worse than, so we just, you know, soldiered on, we plowed through, and we just spent that whole first day walking everywhere to keep ourselves from falling asleep, and uh, found a couple of restaurants. The The hotel was right in the middle of the, um, 
called the castle. I'd have to look up my maps again. It's part of the oldest part of the city, and it's where the original castle's fortress part was. So it's a, and they keep it fairly walled off um, from a lot of car traffic and everything. It's mostly pedestrian because they don't want to damage the cobblestone roads and everything that are there. So it's just a wonderful location to just walk around, and there's a ton of restaurants and a ton of souvenir shops. We didn't do a lot of shopping at that point, but, um, you know, poked around, sat and had coffee, that kind of thing. And uh, by the time everybody got there the next day, then we were well-rested and ready to be charming and witty, (laughs) as it were. The other reason it was good for us to get there ahead of time is our suitcases decided to take a little vacation of their own and didn't come in until 24 hours after we did. So we had one carry-on with us, so I had at least packed a change of underwear. My husband had some of his clothes in that one, uh, so he was able to change... um, but it, you know, it just meant we had to go out and find toiletries and stuff like that just to get us through that day. And, uh, so we weren't quite feeling, you know, our, our freshest, cleanest selves until our luggage got there late the next day. So by the time everybody else came in for that pre-trip excursion, we were then ready to go. And they were the ones that were all fried because in Budapest, there were five couples all together that were on that, um, trip together. And one of the couples, um, was their flight was really delayed so they didn't get there until the wee hours of the morning the first night that everybody else was there and they basically didn't end up joining us for anything the rest of the trip so it was really just four of us couples that were doing the the little group things together and we had a great time we really uh clicked with the other couples which was nice um and our guide Romulus a Hungarian man named Romulus was really wonderful really funny very warm and engaging and you know tried to do everything he could for us and especially because we were a smaller group he was able to work with us a little more closely than if we had been a larger group so that was a lot of fun and then the cruise was just absolutely wonderful like I said the most relaxing trip we've ever been on we do our vacations typically are a lot of walking we don't try to rush from one place to another to see as many sites as possible we do keep a reasonable schedule, but we walk everywhere. And and I mean, probably, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 miles a day, if not even more on some days. There, there were a couple of days that we were on our feet pretty much from 8 in the morning until 8 at night with, you know, an hour here or there for a meal. And um, so we tend to be very tired (laughs) by the end of our vacations and on the cruise um, on the river cruise there were a couple of days where we really well one day that we were just on the boat all together we could have gotten off and taken a bus tour that would have driven us to the next city because this boat only goes I think somebody said 10 to 15 miles an hour it's very very slow which is really nice but buses and even people on bikes were going faster than we were (laughs) along the side and so we could have gotten off on a bus and and driven to the next city and done a tour and everything but we decided not to we just stayed on the boat with about maybe 20 other people almost everybody else got off Uh, the boat only i think it fits at most about 160 people the boat that we were on the ship we were on uh but we had a a lighter, fewer people uh, than that. I think they said it was around 130 people. Uh, and on that day, probably 100 of them at least went on the bus tour. So there were very few of us left on the ship. So it was a very nice, peaceful day. And then there was another day that there was three hours on the ship between two ports um, that they did a big uh, barbecue up on the deck so we could all hang out on the deck and just cruise along that day. I will say that cruise ship was the quietest thing ever. You could not hear it moving 
most of the time. The only time we heard the uh, engines kick in was like when we were right approaching a, a dock or a lock. One of those two things. At one, you know, whatever point that the ship really had to control these tight movements and stuff, then you'd hear the engines kick in. Um, but the rest of the time, when we were cruising on the Danube, you could hear the water lapping the shores. You could hear the birds along the the side of the trees. You couldn't hear ship noise. It was incredible. Plus, the Danube largely is going through fairly underpopulated areas uh, or small towns, and so there wasn't much noise from the traffic noise or anything from the um, roads on either side of the Danube either. So it was really quiet and wonderful. Weather-wise, we had checked the weather before we left, and it was almost identical of a forecast to what we're supposed to get here at home in western New York. So 50s, 60s degrees, some days kind of rainy and cloudy, other days partly um, sunny. We got there, everything changed, and it was between 75 and 85 the whole time we were there, and intensely sunny. There were a couple of cloudy days the first couple of days we were there. Um, and then the one day that we were on the ship altogether was, it wasn't cloudy, but it was a lot cooler. Uh, so I actually was wearing silk long underwear I'd brought with me to sit up on deck and read all day because I was determined to stay outside. Um, but other than that, we actually came home from, with a sunburn. And who would have expected that with a vacation in Central Europe in the end of April? I mean, you don't expect to get a sunburn. It was intense. In fact, a couple of days were far too hot. Uh, the day we were in Vienna... It was actually a little bit difficult to enjoy the city because it was about 85 or 90 degrees once you were in that city central uh, with all the stone and concrete um, just kicking the sun right back at you. We spent more time trying to find shade than we did really sightseeing <laughs> that day. It was it was intense, and my husband and I aren't made for hot weather. We're, we're definitely more cool weather kind of people, uh, but we had a wonderful, wonderful time. And, you know, I highly recommend the river cruise. I've, there were a lot of people on the cruise that had been, had done a lot of cruising, both big ocean cruises and river cruises. And a couple of people had said, you know, once you do a river cruise, you never go back. Uh, the, they're really two different animals. So if you've been on an ocean cruise and found it wasn't really your thing, you might want to try a river cruise. Uh, the other thing, I discovered I do get motion sickness, as we know, those of you who follow me on Twitter and and heard all of my whining about the movie Hunger Games, (laughs) because it made me want to throw up. Um, I do get motion sickness, and so I brought all this Dramamine, and when we had done, we did an ocean cruise for our honeymoon, you know, 25 years ago, and we had worn the ear patches the whole time. So I was fine on the the ocean cruise, but I did not want to go without that patch. Now, on the river cruise... I had Dramamine with me. I was ready to take it if I needed it. I never actually needed it because it's so still and there's no rocking whatsoever. Um, as long as I followed my normal rules, which is always face forward. You know, I didn't sit on the back of the ship looking backwards. I was faced forward. And um, as much as possible, I just stayed up in the fresh air and I was fine. But even those times when we were in the lounge, you know, so I wasn't getting the fresh air or anything, I didn't feel a thing. It was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. A quick recommendation, if you're looking for a good pair of walking shoes, I had bought myself uh, a pair right before we left, the day before we left, in fact, that are kind of that blend of walking-hiking shoe. They kind of look like a sneaker, but they've got a lot more oomph to them. And the one, the brand I bought were Merrell, M-E-R-R-E-L-L. And I absolutely love these things. I think the model is called Siren Sport or something like that. It's possible I needed to go up half a size, but they they really fit 
my feet like a glove. And for the first week or so, I had no problems with them whatsoever. By the second week, I was starting to have to throw some Band-Aids on here and there, mostly because of the shape of my foot. Um, I did not have any Band-Aids on my heels, and that's the big issue for me. I have kind of narrow heels, and most shoes rub, and most shoes give me blisters on the back of my heels, so I'm forever putting Band-Aids on my heels. These shoes just, they were perfect perfect for that and the other thing is I can tend to get pain you know on the bottom of my foot just your feet start aching or your back starts hurting or whatever and again we were on our feet for eight ten hours a day Um, I had no foot pain no back or leg pain at all they were very light they were really breathable even on those 85 degree days my feet never got hot at all I never felt like I just needed to get these things off my feet like you sometimes do um, and in fact, I think it was because it was so hot and we were on our feet so much that I did not end up having to use some band-aids on, like on the side of my toes by the, because I think my feet just swelled up a little bit. But they also have great traction. There was one day that we were hiking pretty much up the side of a mountain <laughs> to get to ruins of a castle. Uh, never slipped once, never had any problems with any sort of surface under my feet. They were just amazing. I absolutely loved them. Uh, when I did have to put band-aids on my feet, I used the Band-Aid Advanced Healing Blister Bandages. If you've not found those, you you want to look for them. They're not necessarily in every grocery store, you know, pharmacy department. Sometimes I have problems finding them, but when I do, I buy multiple boxes, so I don't have to worry about them later. They're actually a little bit padded. They have a little bit of medication in them. They're fantastic. Once you put that thing on your foot, you don't really feel the friction as much anymore. So those were really wonderful. But with those walking shoes, I'm definitely a convert. I love those things. Uh, So those were my couple of recommendations that came out of my vacation. Um, Like I said, I start back to work tomorrow. Uh, Actually, technically, with my drive down there today to get to my staff meetings. And uh, that means I'm going to have to, it's going to take me a little bit to kind of get back into a schedule. So I can't guarantee anything about my blogging uh, life at this point. I need to kind of see what's waiting for me. I don't think there's any big surprises. I think, you know, I've been kind of keeping abreast of what's going on while I was gone. And I don't have a ton of things, you know, hitting me in the face when I get back. But you never know until I've actually been through those staff meetings. Uh, So just bear with me for a week or two while I kind of get everything reorganized. I do have a few listener comments that came in while I was gone, so I want to make sure I acknowledge them. Thank you. Love listener comments, and I want to respond to them. Jackie of So Excited Quilts uh, responded to episode 87, in which we play with paint sticks, that I had posted back in the middle of April. And she said, I almost convinced her to take up paint sticks, but she's trying to limit the things in her head she wants to make or do. So for now, she's pushing the thought aside. Um, Jackie, good luck with that. (laughs) I just, they are very addictive. They're a lot of fun. Um, AJ of The Quilting Pot also uh, commented on the same episode and said thanks for giving her the credit for the paint stick episode because if you recall, she was the one that suggested I do an episode on what I'd been playing with with paint sticks. And she says, yes, I've already purchased a set of primary colors, the shiny kind, which is the... um iridescent is the word sorry i had to think of it for a minute there and she's gotten some rubbing plates but she hasn't tried them yet so uh aj i'll look forward to hearing what you have to say which you may have i was not able to update any of my podcasts while i was gone so um i'm going to be listening to a bunch of those while i'm on the drive today so i'll be catching up with everybody there so maybe aj you've already mentioned that you're uh playing with them and if so i will enjoy hearing your experience uh kelly the fifth 
had said uh, that she <laughs> she agrees with Steffi that I may need to alter my intro soon, and that's in reference to the fact that I'm doing a class, co-leading a class at my guild retreat in a couple of weeks on paint sticks. She says, I have been having fun with Karen Dosh wax pastels, which I like very much, and you've inspired me to try the paint sticks now. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. It's spelled Karen, C-A-R-A-N, and then D apostrophe capital A-C-H-E. I would want to pronounce that Karan Dosh or Karen Dosh, but I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. So Kelly the Fifth, if you want to send me an email and tell me exactly how that's pronounced, that would be great. Um, And let us know what you've been doing with them and, and pictures and all that good stuff. So that'll be fun to see. Tammy. Uh, commented on episode 88, in which we talk pattern with Jay. And she said, uh, have to say, perfect timing on sending your machine for cleaning service. Not only will you be gone, but your machines will be packed with lint after all those flannel receiving blankets. Thanks for sharing info on that. And Tammy, you were absolutely right. And that was part of why I felt okay about doing all that flannel, because I knew I was going to be sending them off for cleaning. Uh, so it'll be good to have them back and see them, um, you know, all shiny, bright, and new. Tori commented on episode 88, in which we talk pattern with Jay, and she said she was inspired to clean her Bernina after listening to a podcast from Victoria at Peacebrook Quilting. Um, you know, it's funny, I've heard people comment, oh, I haven't sent my machine in for cleaning in 15 years or whatever. Do it. You really need to keep your machine clean. There's only so much you can do yourself from the outside. I've thought about getting one of those little narrow vacuum cleaner attachments, you know, to try to get in there. But even that, you really have to dismantle the whole thing and clean it. So if you haven't sent your machine in for a cleaning in a while, make sure you do it. I tried to do mine once a year, but you don't necessarily have to do it all necessarily that often. You could do it, um, you know, every couple of years or so, but I would really recommend doing it on a regular basis. Susan commented on episode 89, in which we talked texture with Jay, and this is Susan of artbysusanblogspot.com, and she said, uh, I really enjoyed this episode as well as the one on pattern. There's so much in them that I'm going to listen again. Tonight I got to see a new fabric line by Lonnie Rossi called French Twist. The fabric has so much texture in the print, and I'm sure I would not have been as aware of that before listening to the podcast. Thank you both. Uh, so Susan and Jay, I hope you're hearing that. Thank you for you as well. And um, yeah, it's true. Thinking about this stuff, you do suddenly start looking at everything a little bit differently. So glad you got something out of it, Susan. Diane left a comment. This is Diane W. Left a comment on You're a Quilter. Uh, she says, I'm going to change your sentence a little bit and say, you know your friend is a quilter when... Dot, 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 you arrive home to find her bailing out your flooding basement studio and her first words to you are, it's okay, I unplugged your Janome 6600. <laughs> She goes on to say a little bit more to the story. My daughter arrived home from school to find water pouring in from a basement window following days of heavy rain. I was at work an hour away, and my husband was on travel 600 miles away. So he posted a call for help on Facebook. My friend and her husband came immediately with a wet vac and started bailing out the basement. Fortunately, the water never came near my stash and machines. It just ruined the carpet. I love how my friend's first concern was for my Janome that day. (laughs) And I agree, Diane. This was one of the ones I was able to read while I was on vacation. I was reading it on my cell phone, and I burst out laughing when I read it and had to explain it to my husband. I think he just sort of rolled his eyes. (laughs) But, um, yeah, that's definitely the sign of somebody who knows what's important. Is the fabric okay? Are the machines okay? 
So thank you, everybody, for your comments. Really enjoyed them. And now that I'm not running any uh, giveaways on my blog anymore, maybe the rest of you will come back and start talking to me on the podcast. It was a lot of fun. Got a ton of really fun comments on those giveaways. So I enjoyed reading those, too. I'm not scolding you. I just thought it was kind of funny that people kind of choose one or the other, which goes to show that none of us has a lot of time to be online when we're trying to sew and work and eat, you know, things like that. Uh, So that's all I have for this episode. Like I said, it's primarily a catch-up episode. I've got another episode sort of um, in the works. I met with, if you remember, Charlotte from my guild, the Scrap Quilter. A couple of folks had asked for a little more detail from her, so I went over to her house right before I went out of town, um, interviewed her, took a bunch of pictures. Unfortunately, it was a really kind of... um, awkward space to try to get really good pictures and video. I did video and audio. I think the audio is going to be the one that ends up working, but I haven't really had time to sit and try to do the editing yet. So I'm hoping to have that up sometime next towards the end of next week. And as always, the few video episodes I've done, you can also just listen to it in audio if you don't have the video capability. So it'll be um, available in either way. And that's it. Uh, i have really enjoyed my sabbatical. I've really enjoyed my vacation that ended my sabbatical. Um, There is part of me that's looking forward to getting back kind of into a normal routine, but I will miss having the time to do all those things, like I said at the beginning of this episode, that I've been doing, and I'm working to try to figure out my schedule uh, a little bit differently to figure out how I can still get some of those things into it. So, um, And my daughter comes home from college sometime next week for the summer, so um, I will have a little one underfoot, (laughs) a 19-year-old little one underfoot again. Uh, And that always shifts my schedule a little bit, even though she doesn't really require me at all. It's funny how just having another person in the house changes how you do things. And I think that's all I've got going on next week other than going back to work. So I will hopefully talk to you again at the end of next week. If I can get another blog post out, uh, I will. Otherwise, you know, just keep listening to the podcast. And, um, I think that's it. You always know how to get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads, uh, Seamed Up, Stitch Talk, Tom Spoolery, Google Plus, all of those places. I'm Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us group on Facebook, and you can join our Flickr group, also quilting for the rest of us and there is a quilting for the rest of us group on seamed up plus we are still in big tent i haven't been talking about that as much lately because i was kind of waiting to see how the seamed up group uh, went it is still much much smaller than the big tent group and a little less talkative i still get more responses in big tent than i do in seamed up so i'm not quite ready to give up the big tent yet um You'll be hearing more about that in the weeks to come. You can also join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team, and you will find links for all of that at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. So until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Thank you.